is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, October 29th, 2020, season 16, episode number 54, and welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live here at the Funtown RV Tailgate. We're in the Tostitos Championship Plaza at Ford Center, and I got my crew with me, man. This is awesome because it's the first time since maybe, I don't know, February, March, since uh, we've all four been in the same room. You probably had a meeting back then, so... I mean, yeah, like mid-February. Really? Yeah, yeah, really probably. Do that? I'm just saying. <laughs> no, it's the first time we've been together for a show. We don't have to worry about Dave's phone doing glitchy type things right now. <laughs> we can actually have a good conversation. There's nothing that's that's prohibiting these guys from mixing it up a little bit. So I'm very, very excited to have you guys here. And uh, thanks to uh, Funtown RV for setting this all up for us. A little bit cool, a little chilly, but we'll make it through. Amber, you okay? I'm hanging in there. <laughs> <laughs> if you hear any teeth chattering, it's Amber. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make it through. Bad it would football be... and, and bad weather, and this is what we got right now. <laughs> nice. Okay, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, this is actually, this is a really fitting, uh, no this doubt. sums up where we are in the Cowboys season. That Episode 54, huh? Yeah. This is, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, I didn't even get that Oh, one. my what God. What are you talking about? Right. Oh, my okay. God. That, All right. That's, a, that's the kind of show about? it's going to be. All I'm right. talking about episode 54. It means yeah. it's going to be a Ring of Honor type show. You know, there's two 54s <laughs> in the Ring of Honor, Randy White. Thanks, Chuck Mi- Mr. Historian. That's good. I don't know what 54 you guys are referring to. Will there either. be three? Huh? Will there be three? No, hmm. Darren Hambrick won't get in. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. What do, okay. Maybe. What do volunteering mean? <laughs> uh, All right, let's let's uh, let's jump right in. We need to talk a little bit about this roster. There were a couple moves yesterday. Daryl Worley and Don Terry Poe obviously waived. We talked about it on the show yesterday that that was likely going to happen. It did happen. Uh, but the Cowboys did also, or they are expected to make another move at quarterback, bringing back an old familiar name in Cooper Rush. Question is, where does he fit on the depth chart? Like, they got a lot of guys that kind of, well, two guys that they've added here in the last couple weeks. What does where, what does the depth chart really look like for this team at quarterback, Nick? Well, I'm just hoping that we can get the term "ginger snaps" somewhere on the headline of this. I mean, if we can get him and Andy Dalton, I mean, come on, you have to. Got it. I, we'll see how it goes Sunday. I mean, like that, they don't have to decide the depth chart. I mean, if if Nooch goes out there and and Uchi. and plays well i mean you know he, he he could be the backup when andy comes back but if not i mean th- this might be ha- have nothing to do with andy dalton or danucci it might be more about garrett gilbert and be like all right he does he's still having a hard time learning mm-hmm. the plays this guy knows the plays i mean cooper knows the plays he knows kellen moore so i i don't know where he's gonna be remember it's the practice squad next week but you know he, he could be the third quarterback moving forward maybe the second i don't know yeah i think I mean, in a perfect world, the, I think the hope is that neither Cooper Rush nor Garrett Gilbert ever needs to play. This, I think, for one, you just got to cover yourself in case Andy takes longer than expected coming back, and or if something happens to Ben DiNucci. I mean, he's he's going to be running for his life one way or the other on Sunday. So, like, hopefully he can stay healthy on Sunday. Cooper Rush gives you insurance. He 
Yeah, Mike McCarthy said today he was like, well, Cooper was part of our offseason meetings. I don't think that's completely true because Cooper Rush was cut on May 4th right after Dalton signed. Like, so they weren't really into the meat of what they were doing, but he was here last year and the year before that he knows Kellen Moore. Like he's probably pretty familiar with the offense. So you would think he can pick it up pretty quickly if he needs to, but Andy Dalton was in meetings today. He was in the team meeting yesterday. He's in the position meetings today. So I would hope he's rounding toward being able to play next week if he can't go Sunday. So I would hope Cooper Rush doesn't need to do anything on the field, but it's just insurance. Can he at this point? I mean, with the the COVID protocols, when will he be able to actually be with the team? And and can he even be on the field this Sunday on the sidelines or anything? He won't be here till next week. He's got a, I think, Nick, you said it's six. Six tests. Six negative tests just to get in the door. That's the part that's a little curious to me because by the time he would actually be able to come into the building, I would guess, I would hope, Andy Dalton is back, and and so you're a li- like he's even farther down the depth chart. Does that seem a little bit strange to you guys that they would bring him in at this point, knowing that he really can't help him this weekend when you would be without Dalton, presumably? Well, I here's the thing with the offensive line, you do, you just don't know what's going to happen at the quarterback position, yeah. and I'm sure we're going to talk about Ben DiNucci in a little bit, but I I feel bad. I feel bad for the guy. He has talent and all that, but he's he's so tiny. And I feel bad that if he gets hit, it's not going to feel good. And he, and hopefully he doesn't get hit. But we know that's uh, bound to probably happen with the kind of O-line we have. But, man, it, you just don't know at this point uh, what kind of injuries starting from the O-line. And then now it's carrying on to the quarterback position as well. Also, I would, I, would, I would just say concussions are different. You know, it's yeah. not... It, there is no specific timeline. No two concussions are the same. It's a very good sign that Andy's in meetings, but you know, he might, I don't even know how that works. I've never had a concussion, but he might not feel as good Monday as he does right now. I don't know. So and, and neither, can't hurt to cover yourself. Neither has he. I mean, he's never had one, which yeah. is, you know, that's good and bad. I think it's good that, you know, that's not like it get, apparently keeps getting worse and worse the more that you have, but he, you know, he's never had one. So he doesn't really know the symptoms and feelings, you know, of what he should be, you know, having, but you know, I just think it, I, again, I think it comes back to, to Gilbert. I think at the end of the day, he's probably going to be the third rush will be the third quarterback or maybe second, depending on how Ben plays in this game. Yeah. And let's not forget, like when he was laying on the field, that, that certainly didn't look very good. It certainly looked like to me, he was really injured. And, and so I, you know, you just never know the severity of the concussion. Obviously they don't release that kind of information, and but it certainly didn't look good. I don't want to cast aspersions because again, all signs point toward Andy being fine in the long run, but I always think about, it's a completely different sport, but Sidney Crosby once suffered a concussion that knocked him out for like half a season. Like he wow. could, yeah, he, so Rico. hockey, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> just making sure one of the best players of the last decade. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I know um, yeah. So you never know. And like, I feel like people, t- you know, Zach Martin is coming back one week after his. Most people are like, okay, a concussion's one week, but that's not always true. So true. it's just something to remember. All right, let's move on. I want to talk a little bit about this Cowboys offense. Remember in the second segment, as we do every Thursday, we'll have Bucky Brooks calling in. He's going to talk to us about the Cowboys offense versus the Philadelphia defense. But I had a few questions for you guys, particularly about this Philadelphia, I'm sorry, about this Cowboys offense and the matchup. I want to start with, with Ben DiNucci. Uh, we heard Mike McCarthy talking this morning about the fact that he's a guy that that certainly can run. We've heard uh, coming into the league, we heard you know stories of a guy that he, he seems to be a mobile type quarterback, a guy that kind of can freelance 
as necessary. And with this offensive line, I would think freelancing is something he might have to do. Um, that all being said, do you think that he actually gives the Cowboys, not, not factoring in, I know it's going to be weird, but not factoring in his inexperience, do you think he actually gives them a little bit of an advantage knowing the offensive line isn't as good and he has the ability to, to get off script and be able to make things happen on the run and, and, and on the fly? No, I don't. I, I think if they were racing, like if it, if it was a scramble drill and you run in, yes, he, he would be better than Andy Dalton doing that. But, you know, like the, like the old saying Parcel says, you know, knowledge is confidence and confidence lets you play fast. Yeah. So if you don't have that knowledge, if you don't even know where this blitz is coming from, you haven't seen it before, you haven't even played big-time college football, it's going to be tough for him, for him to just – be aware of things and grasp stuff so yes if if Fletcher Cox is running at him he will probably be able to get away from it quicker than Andy Dalton but will he even know that 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 guy's coming you know as early as some of the other guys would so I I don't I don't see the advantage I know what you're saying but I don't see the advantage just because he's so raw I can I can answer that question with a refreshingly honest anecdote from Mike McCarthy yesterday. <laughs> okay, uh, Calvin Watkins, our friend, he covers the team for the Dallas Morning That's News. Pretty funny, actually. Yeah, he asked. It wasn't a funny. Well, we'll we'll get to that. Okay, he asked Mike McCarthy if it's harder to design a game plan for a seventh round rookie who's never played in the NFL, <laughs> and McCarthy literally said, "Is that supposed to be a joke?" I can't tell because you're wearing a mask. And Calvin was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm totally serious. And he was like, of course it's harder. And he's like laughing as he said it. So, no, it definitely isn't an advantage. But, you know, Danucci is an athlete. Like, he, he is an athletic guy. He's not even sneaky athletic. Like, he is athletic. And so maybe that'll help him. But I can't call it an advantage. Yeah. <laughs> well, I made reference to it earlier, and Dave just called him athletic, and he can have athleticism. But in my eyes, he's just, he looks so fragile and skinny. And most rookies come into their first year, you know, a little skinny, and usually they start gaining some muscle as the years go by. So that's the aspect that scares me. The confusion that Nick mentioned, him kind of hesitating, and then because of that hesitation, being tackled, being sacked, and then causing a possible injury. And I guess I'm just panicking even more now that we've seen it happen and then we're down to our third quarterback. It's just like you're more hesitant with everything. So I'm just – I am honestly scared for him yeah. right now. You know, it's interesting. It, it reminds me of what Kellen Moore had to say yesterday in his press conference. I think it was yesterday. But he was saying, you know, one of the big things about Ben DiNucci is – he just got to make sure he can call the play. <laughs> and that's where I was like, oh, wow, we're that's where we are right now. Can you call the play? Can you get the play called in the huddle in a way to where everybody knows what they're supposed to do and get it right? Because, by the way, that's the last thing that offensive line needs is more confusion in the huddle, right? So so that, that tells you kind of where they are from the standpoint of experience. I mean, this guy had no preseason action even. Like, that's how hard this will Which be for him. McCarthy said another question about that today. Somebody asked, like, are you above putting a wristband on him? You know, like you typically associate that with high school and college football. Yeah. And McCarthy was like, I think we'll be okay because we got the micro, you know, we got the headsets and the helmets, but I'm not above anything if I think it'll work. <laughs> do whatever you got to do at this point. All right, let's move on to another question. Let's assume that, uh, and I think it's a fair assumption that Zach Martin will be back this week. Would you keep the offensive line the same or and just plug uh, Zach in at right guard? Um, and if not, what would you do? Let's start with you, Dave. Can I answer your question with a question? Sure. Do I get Joe Looney too? Because I'd love to move Zach to tackle, but who's sure? 
Let's say that Joe's back. Let's let's assume Joe is back Actually, and, and tell me what you would do. You know, I think I might do it anyway, honestly, because Connor McGovern seemed to hold up okay. Like he wasn't he wasn't awful the other day, and that was a really good front. I'm terrified at Fletcher Cox playing against Connor McGovern, but but uh, are you more afraid of Terrence Steele up against Brandon Graham? Brandon Graham, yeah, who has killed Cowboy quarterbacks yeah. in the past. Absolutely, I am. So, yeah, I think I probably would. Yeah, I mean, I think it starts with Steele as to being out i mean you have to replace him some one way or another he he can't be your right tackle anymore uh you know good good story good play i mean maybe he will be a good player at some point but right now he he's not there i i would move zach martin out there from what i've been told the guy that might not start this week is connor williams yeah wow if looney that would happen now i'm just that's just what i've been told that it could be the mustard it could be irving mcgovern or probably Irving, Looney, Biotish, McGovern, and Zach Martin. Mm. But don't hold me to that. I'm just saying that's they're, they're thinking you wanna, that. Hunter um, Williams is say a little more than that because I'm confused right now. What are you confused about? Yeah, what's why? Do, do you really think Connor's played well enough where he shouldn't be above reproach here? I let, hold on before she answer that. Let okay. me just say, I don't think I would do that. I wouldn't. I. I I'm going with as many guys that have seen the Eagles or seen a, an NFL, you know, front before. So I, I think I would do that over Connor McGovern. I haven't seen enough yet, but I'm just saying it's all being tossed around right now. If I have Joe Looney back, imagining he's back already, this is what I would do. I would put Connor Williams and Zach Martin, move them out to tackle, keep Connor McGovern at guard and Joe Looney at guard, and then be a dish at center. I think that at this point, because I feel that maybe that's, I don't want to say it's going to start giving you some kind of consistency because at this point, I mean, you, injuries, you don't know when they're going to happen, but at least you it would make, make me feel better at the tackle position and at guard, like Dave mentioned, I mean, McGovern, he's been doing an okay job, so he seems like he's going to hold up. Bidish, he he seems to be doing fine as well, and at least with Joe Looney, we know he he's a vet, he has the experience, and he can probably hold up a guard as well, doing a good job there. So I would love, I would love to go ahead and put Connor Williams at tackle. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, Bucky Brooks should be joining us. We'll ask him some questions about this Philadelphia defense going up against this Cowboys offense. We'll do it when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. I can't see if We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay? Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. 
Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. It's funny. As we travel places, often we find the places we want to travel aren't really places at all. They're people. They're grandparents, moms, old friends, and new nephews. That's why at American Airlines, we've been using enhanced cleaning measures so you can feel confident every step until you get to them. So as always, our people can't wait to take you to yours. American Airlines, you are why we fly. Back to the break. Go, Nick. Are you craving AT&T Stadium's famous Cowboys cheesesteak? Yeah. You are? How about nachos? Oh, yeah, yeah. How about Cowboy Rita? Anything. This is for everybody. I want something warm right now. The nachos and Cowboy Rita, I'm I'm asking the entire panel here if they want that because everybody loves it, regardless where you're from. So when you're watching the Cowboys (laughs) at home, bring your favorite stadium fair to you. Place your online order for pickup, local delivery every week this season. Check out the menu at at and stadiumcom slash at home. Welcome back. We're in the second segment of the break. We are live here at the uh, Tostitos Championship Plaza at Ford Center. It is the Funtown RV Tailgate, official Funtown RV Tailgate. And uh, we're doing all of our shows out here today and tomorrow, all of our podcasts. So uh, make sure you join us. All of our uh, hosts are in one place together being able to do a show for the first time in a long time so I, I saw the guys out here for talking cowboys this morning i thought their show went really well they didn't seem to be as cold as we are but you know yeah i thought it was so funny that that show's been going on for several months now yeah. and heckma and isaiah Stanbeck had to meet each other they've never that's met that's exactly right <laughs> So, they were like, yeah, we just met this morning for the first time in person. I've argued with you. I've called you, you know, whatever, but yeah, yeah. nice to meet you. So make sure you join in uh, these for the rest of the shows today and then all the shows tomorrow. Uh, we'll be out here in the uh, outside the Ford Center at the Star. All right, so let's, let's jump back in. We've got Bucky Brooks now joining us. What's up, Bucky? Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, we'll start where we start every week. Uh, give us the strengths and weaknesses of this Philadelphia defense. I mean, the strength of the Philadelphia defense is right up front of the line of scrimmage. Uh, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, uh, they're able to really get it done. Derek Barnett, they can rush you with four. They don't need to bring others. And when they're able to control the line of scrimmage, um, they're a handful. I would say the weaknesses are right at the second level. They're linebackers. They don't really invest a lot in the linebacker position. And so if you want to get them, it's all about attacking their linebackers. But they're backed up by a secondary with Darius Slade that can cover. And so it's a defense where they have to be able to get it done with the front four. If they can't get it done with the front four, they can struggle at times holding up against good teams. Bucky, uh, I want to know, we, we, we just, in the first time, man, we talked about the Cowboys O-line. I just want to know more in depth about the the pass rush that the Eagles have right now and how that could be maybe a problem for the Cowboys. Well, it could be a problem because they have three guys that can get home. Fletcher Cox is where it starts. He's an interior pass rusher, uh, has size, has strength, has power. 
And when motivated, he can take over the game by himself. Brandon Graham is a guy that is an energizer bunny off the edge. He's not necessarily a double-digit sack artist, but he is persistent and he's problematic. Uh, his ability to play with leverage, his ability to play with a relentless spirit gives upon his problems. And because he is what I call an undersized uh, pass rusher, tall pass protectors can have a problem because if he gets up under them, he can walk them back to the quarterback. And then Derek Barnett is someone who is very sound technically, doesn't get a lot of fanfare, but he also can create problems off the backside. Bucky, are you warm right now? <laughs> I, I, I am. I'm in, okay. I am. I'm There's in the one. comfort of my own home. And, Perfect. Yeah. There's one. I just want to make sure. <laughs> I have a two-part question. If you were the Eagles' defense, would you have to pull up James Madison tape right now? If you were just to try to scout James uh, Ben DiNucci? Yeah. Like you certainly have looked at the JMU tape just to get an idea of what he's been comfortable doing in his time because you don't have enough from the previous game against the Washington football team to really know. So the advanced scout, the pro scout, has looked at uh, him, and he's given Jim Schwartz notes. I'm sure Jim Schwartz has looked a little bit at that JMU tape just to get a feel for how he plays. But, yeah, you got to attack him based off of what he did at JMU. You realize that he's athletic, he can run. The Cowboys could add some wrinkles that could give you problems. So, yeah, you have to look at the JMU tape to prepare. I doubt he faced a Fletcher Cox on that schedule of JMU, though. <laughs> I doubt it. Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no. No, they didn't face anybody like that. Bucky, I, uh, you know, I, I feel like all we've done is talk about the Eagles pass rush, but understandably so. So I'm going to pitch it to you. We were just talking in the first segment about what to do with Zach Martin. If I tell you, I mean, Zach Martin should be back for this game, one of the best guards in football. Is he more useful to you going against Fletcher Cox on the inside or on the outside against Brandon Graham? Where would you rather have him for this game? Geez. Um, I think Fletcher Cox is a better player, but I think if Zach Martin can go out and play right tackle, I will put him at right tackle because I think we have seen the struggles that Terrence Steele has had. I think you can kind of make amends or make do if you're struggling a little inside. You can help, the center can help sometimes. Uh, it's a little tighter in the neighborhood, but the struggles off the edge have been the ones where we've seen the turnovers happen. If Zach Martin is comfortable playing right tackle or just playing tackle, I would put him in tackle. Hey, Bucky, uh, talking about Ben DiNucci, uh, take me back to pre-draft, and I know you're, you're a draft guy. You, you look at all the players coming out. Give me your best scouting report on him, both strengths and weaknesses coming out of college. I mean, his strengths were his trait. I mean, he had a big arm. He is athletic. Uh, he has a bit of a gunslinger mentality, and so when he is rolling and streaky, he can make it happen. I think the weaknesses would be just because of his arm and because he has always been able to trust it, particularly at that level, he can be a little late to fire. And sometimes he feels like he can overpower the defense and fit it into a small window. So his biggest weakness would be understanding who he is and how he has to play. And this game is so much faster when he gets to this level. How quickly can he adjust the, the quick reactions from the defense and Nick, I mean, Jim Schwartz is not one that typically does a lot of disguise and complexity in terms of his scheme, but how quickly can he identify what they're doing pre-snap and how much does it change post-snap when they do try and rock and roll their safety and give them a different look after the ball has already been snapped. 
Blakey, let's say uh, Ben DiNucci is constantly under pressure this Sunday, and then the Cowboys have to turn to the running game in Ezekiel Elliott. Is that, I mean, do you see this matchup being a game where maybe the Cowboys can, can be able to utilize the run and actually get it moving a little bit better than what we've seen so far? Uh, I think they can utilize the run. I think Mike McCarthy may have led the cat out of the bag a little bit when he talked about Ben DiNucci's athleticism and running skill. Maybe we see some quarterback play, some, some zone read stuff where they put it in Zeke's belly and read it and maybe the quarterback takes off a couple of times just to stretch the defense in a different way. But this has to be a Zeke game. It has to be a big boy game. We talk about it each and every week. He has to get to a certain point. But I know I, I now know that Kellen Moore has to know that he has a rookie quarterback and he cannot think that a rookie quarterback can throw 40 times successfully. They have to find a way to run the ball. It may be a more conservative game plan, but this has to be a game where you kind of play old-school football and you hope that your defense is up to the challenge that maybe create the turnover. Bucky, what, what, when you watched the, the tape the other day, what did you see – from C.D. Lamb, obviously he didn't have a catch um, the first time in his in his career. He, you know, he kind of had, I guess you would say, he definitely had a down game. How do you think he bounces back? And also, like, what what did you see on tape from him? Was it concentration? Just just not, you know, getting uh, watching the ball in? Yeah, I just think there were like simple concentration drops. Nothing that I would be alarmed at. Sometimes the ball jumps up on you quick as a receiver. It's, it's there a little quicker. Um, and then in traffic, all it takes is one or two things to kind of catch the attention of the eye and you take your eye off of the ball. I think he'll be fine. In fact, I think he's probably a little more determined to come back and have a big game. Uh, I wonder how the Cowboys will utilize him and the quick rhythm passing game because you don't really want to have these long, uh, exotic or intricate routes with Ben DiNucci at quarterback. But I think early on, you got to feed the ball to C.D. Lamb to get him comfortable because he is certainly one of the best playmakers, if not the best playmaker, on the perimeter. I want to preface this by saying that I feel stupid asking. So I, I understand, like, you don't want to throw it 40 times with Ben DiNucci. I get that. But we have seen the Cowboys victimize this secondary in the past. You know, Amari Cooper has big games against these guys on a regular basis. Dak has thrown for 400 on multiple occasions. I get you don't want to live that way, but, you know, Ronald Darby's not there. Malcolm Jenkins isn't there anymore. I mean, if they dial up five or six shots downfield, just drop back and let Gallup or Cooper go downfield and get it. I mean, is there a chance that that might be successful? <laughs> I mean, I think so. I think it's all about timing. I mean, when I look at the secondary, Darius Slade's the only one that we would consider a blue chip player. The rest of those guys are just – Guys, I mean, Avante Maddox is okay. Um, we've seen Craven LeBlanc have some issues. He struggled a little bit against the Giants. Michelle Roby Coleman has also had problems. So, yeah, there's some matchups that are there. But I think what you have to weigh when you kill him more and you Mike McCarthy, risk versus reward. How, how often are we willing to risk putting the ball in Ben DiNucci's hands and having him throw it versus what are the rewards going to be when we do elect to take that strategy? Um, it could be fruitful. It could be successful. But I still think you want to keep him on a, a pretty tight pitch count uh, because you just don't know what he's going to do, particularly because it's his first game as a starter. And it's also the first time that an opponent has prepared to face him, which is different than him hopping off the bench and going and playing. 
We're joined by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. And, Bucky, before we let you go, we want to get your your final thoughts heading into this Cowboys-Eagles matchup. What do you think happens and who do you think wins? Man, it, it's tough. I think they took the right steps this this week to, to clean up the defense. I don't know if it will result in immediate results in the win column, but I do think they've got the attention of the players. I think you'll see a better effort from the players. I still think this is a very winnable game because when I've seen the Eagles play, they, they, I mean, they don't set the world on fire with their offense. I think it's really all about can you get pressure to Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz will turn the ball over, but it comes down to can you force them to turn it over behind their weak offensive line that's surrender the 28 sacks? I would like to think the energy and the effort from Randy Gregory, Bradley, and I to go with Alden Smith should be enough. Uh, but I think it's going to be tough. I think this is a field goal game either way. It's going to be a very, very tough game. It's the season probably. All right, Bucky, we appreciate you joining us. We'll be having you back next week uh, when we start getting ready for the next Cowboys game next Wednesday. Till then, uh, we're going to go to our final break. We'll come back. We're going to wrap up uh, the show with a little episode of See or No that Amber has prepared for us. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back to the break go how about get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate cowboys fan you can join dallas cowboys united presented by globe life starting at just twenty dollars visit dallascowboys.com slash united all right we are back (laughs) we are live carried i know we're (laughs) back we are live at the funtown rv tailgate here from the Tostitos championship plaza at ford center 
at the star. I think that was a good idea, say. though, Derek. That what? He, he just said in the break. We usually go 45 minutes. He said he was going to go an hour. I think that's a great idea. I actually um, think that's a really great idea. I'm already, like, we're doing this. I'm in. Let's at go. At this Everyone point, I'm is. warm. Yeah. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm like, here. This is, not, this is not that difficult. Like, this is okay. a very easy Talking thing. Cowboys football gives me warmth. We did a little crosstalk with uh, Shannon in the, in the group coming in there. Who is that? Uh, hanging with the boys. Was that? They're on. They're on <laughs> after us. You never promote them. It's a podcast. <laughs> it they're, is. Dang. They're usually about ten minutes behind because yeah. of you. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> huh. They okay. actually have two two former players on there. Really? Yeah. Oh, is that that Nate Newton guy? I know him. I know him. I some of those guys I've never heard of, but Nate Newton, Kurt Daniels, I've heard of those two. Okay. I'm not sure about the other guys on that show. All right, let's uh, let's jump back in. And Amber, we haven't done this in a long time. I figured since we were all together for the first time in a long time. We'll Kurt. do a little see or no. What you got, Amber? Are you sure you want to do this? Fans I'm sent in some C. fiery questions. See, I am so, sure. Yes, okay, let's go. We'll put you guys on the spot. Let's go. All right. Nick mentioned 54. So yeah. a lot of people are asking about him. Jalen Smith, should the Cowboys bench him slash trade him? Basically get him off the field. See or no? Um. No. I mean, well, I'm C with a caveat. First, you, you can't trade him. You can't. Nobody would want him. Like, it, it'll it'll kill your cap. Nobody's going to give you something worthwhile for him if they watch the tape. So forget about that. You, I mean, it, if if I thought it was realistic, I would be in favor, but you can't. Um, you can't you can't bench him completely. Like, you can't just sit him down for the rest of the year. It's the most physical position on defense. You're gonna get hurt, yada yada. But when Sean Lee is ready to play, I would I would absolutely try to platoon them to try to have you know if he's playing 98 percent of the snaps right now, drop it down into the 60s or 70s. Try to do something to offset that. But I agree with the premise of the question that he's not playing well enough to deserve 100 percent of the snaps. But there are only so many things you can do about it. Yeah, you got no options right now. Yeah. All right. Um... Nick, was there something that you were going to add to that? I, I wouldn't. The opposite? I, yeah, I wouldn't uh, just because I don't <laughs> see who, like, for what. You know, like, who's who's for coming who in? What? Yeah, for who, for what? I mean, Sean Lee, yeah, I like the platoon system. I, I, I think that would be better for, yeah. for all of them to kind of do that. Uh, and Joe Thomas can still play some as well. But uh, I I just I think it's a scheme thing. I mean, they've got to figure out, as I watch Jalen, you know, like attack the quarterback, they've got to sp- figure out ways where he can be effective. And, I, you know, I've been saying that all offseason. I just oh. don't think that they, they've done a good job with that. But it's not, I mean, what is it? Like, what is that? I, I think he's got to go north. He can't really, I don't know if he's a sideline-to-sideline player um, anymore. In this Day and age, I don't. That's that's just not going to cut it, unfortunately. Yeah. No, I mean, no, you're right. If I mean, they want to transition him, we talked about it so much in the off season about him rushing the passer a little bit more. If you want to try to transition him to being a DPR, a hell of a expensive DPR. But I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's fine with me. You think, like you said, nobody would want him. I mean, I think there's probably a team that would be like, "Ooh, I could do something with him." Because all defensive coordinators, all coaches are heavy. You mean use him in a certain role? So, yeah. Okay, but is he so? I'm sorry, I don't want to cut do you. Do you off. think he's a three-four rusher? I don't I know. Could, I would love to see him try that. But I feel that we've seen it with the Cowboys in previous years where. There are certain players that maybe might not be as impressive, but the coaching staff always think that they can convert a player into yeah. someone better on the field. I see what you're saying, but, the, I mean, if you trade Jalen Smith, it's going to kill your cap. I don't know the numbers off the top of my hand, but it's not going to be good. This year's not the year. Yet. And a team 
you know, yeah. I mean, if you were just desperate to get rid of him and somebody was like, we'll give you a sixth, sure. But is it worth it to do that, to just destroy your cap to get basically nothing in return? Here's how I'll answer that. I, I will say that by next year, I personally don't think it would be a good idea for the Cowboys to go into the season next year with him being a starting linebacker for them. That is the best answer I can give you. I don't think they have a lot of options right now because I don't think it necessarily does you any good to take them off the field right now with what you got left. If the Cowboys don't address the linebacker position in a major way this offseason, to me that is a mistake. And a part of doing that means most likely the first person that you're going to be taking off the field is going to be Jalen, in my opinion. Yeah. So I think that's how they have to address it. I think that's really the issue is by next year – I don't think it's a good idea to go into the season with him being a major part of what you're doing on defense. I think next year, though, doesn't make a lot of sense just from a standpoint of cap because it will be a straight wash next year. So unless he's that much of a problem in the locker room, which I don't think that he is, where you're like, he's got to be away from this team. So if it's just a wash, I think I'd rather have the player. Yeah, that's great. But I'm saying he should not be on. He should not be a starter for you. He should be a guy that is a backup player or a role player for you. I don't think you should go into next year, even with the money being the money, because that's where you get yourself in trouble saying, well, because we got the money, we got to play the player. No, you don't. You may need to keep him on your team and you use him as insurance. That doesn't mean you have to play him. Then you better draft. Yeah, I agree. Then you you better draft a second or third rounder, if not a first, to say, you know, you're going to make 600,000 and you have to be our starter. That's exactly right. Every single year there is a player who, like, he is at the center of the offseason storylines, didn't live up to his contract, talking about cutting him, June 1 cut, contract restructure. Sometimes it works out and they stay. I mean, people have been trying to get rid of Tyrone Crawford for years. He stayed. Brandon Carr restructured his contract, stayed. Des Bryant got cut. But it happens happens almost every year where a big-money guy – is at the epicenter of this offseason. And it'll be Jalen Smith in 2021. It will be. And and I don't know for sure what's going to happen, but every time we have, and I mean, hopefully life is a little bit more normal and we can actually talk to Steven and Jerry Jones a little bit more often, but he will be the guy that we're asking about at the Combine or the Combine Zoom conference, whatever the hell it looks like. We'll be like, we're going to do with Jalen Smith. Like, that's, that's what's coming. And the question will be, what does Jalen think of his own play? Because if he thinks that, oh, I'm still just as good as ever, then it, you get to that situation where it's like, will you take a pay cut? And maybe he says, I don't take a pay cut, cut me, and I'll see what happens on the open market. If he knows that his skills are declining and he knows that he's not playing very well, he may look at that and say, I'm willing to take a pay cut because I want to just keep playing. Do I don't know, honestly. No. Because <laughs> I will say what this. we know of him. I will say this. I think that at the time that he did the deal, I think most people, myself included, thought the deal was actually more slanted toward the Cowboys because he could have waited and maybe got more money. And there is some thought that maybe he did that deal at that time because he knew I need to cash in now. I don't know what my situation will be later. And now we're seeing his situation later, right? So all I'm saying is, I don't, I don't know if he's, he's honest enough with himself to be able to make that kind of evaluation. Uh, but, you know, if he is, that I think will be at the epicenter of the decision on whether they, he will take a pay cut if they, if they try to force him to do that or not. All right, next question should be an easy answer. Or not an easy, but a quick answer. Yeah, <laughs> um, we went kind of long there. We, Sorry. we talked <laughs> a lot about Ben DiNucci. Will Ben DiNucci throw his first touchdown pass this weekend? See. See. No. See. No. It'll be a deep pass <laughs> to Michael Gallup. Touchdown. Okay. I liked your idea. Like, I think just he's, got a, he's got a big arm. 
like, what's the worst that's going to happen? You just sling it downfield, well, and you hope either he catches it or you get a pass interference. I think you take a couple shots. Well, you know that they're going to have about eight in the box. Yeah. Maybe nine. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to they're gonna sling do it. whatever. Yeah. He's got a big arm. Yeah, I can see it happening. Okay. Did, we're only five days removed from Sunday, guys, and that was <laughs> that was Andy Dalton. I mean, for for more than half of the game, at least that was. Yeah. And I, I mean, Zach will be back. I think the world of Zach Martin. I can't convince myself that that'll be enough of a difference. That I just, I, I feel bad for everybody involved. But when you're dealing with this sort of loss, like I keep, it, it looks like some of the bad high school football that I've covered, where there's just not a whole lot you can do, yeah. and yeah. unless. Uh, if it happens, it'll be a busted play where, you know, some, you know, Gallup gets behind somebody and Danucci throws it up. Which is totally possible not with the saying, secondary. Not you know? saying it's impossible. I just, I think no. And by the way, that's not me saying that I think he's going to have some marvelous game where he's going to throw for 300 yards and just light up this Eagles. That's not what I'm saying at all. Do I think that he can get a good chunk of the ball downfield and Gallup happens to be open and here we go, touchdown? I do think that's possible. I think it's very possible. We shall see on Sunday. We shall. All right. Uh, the Cowboys got rid of or said bye to three of their veteran, <laughs> veteran, veteran free agents. I don't, I don't think they said bye. I don't think. I just think they hung up. <laughs> wow. Ciao. I, think, I really think Don Terry Poe was like, Please. me. What's wrong with my card? Like it's not working. <laughs> wow. My even, card's not working. Didn't even get you get get like the you know coach wants to see you in his office deal. No. I don't think All right, so. are you guys expecting any other moves before the deadline? If there's one thing I've learned, it's that you should never say never, but yeah. I still think no. Because I actually wrote about this today. Like, you know, they're national publication. Like, obviously, Cowboys get clicks, but people are like, oh, the, the Cowboys are in sell mode. No, they're not. Yeah. They got rid of a one-year rental player and two bad veterans. Like, yeah. that's not a fire sale. Right. Miami did a fire sale. They traded their franchise left tackle and their veteran receiver and all, and Safety. they dealt Robert Quinn to Dallas. They dealt their starting quarterback away. That's a fire sale. This is just a bad team purging some unnecessary guys. And, you know, here's my question for you guys. Do you think that at all the guys that they got rid of, they got rid of them not only because of the way they played, but also because maybe there was a thought that that some of the the talk that was coming out of the locker room as anonymous sources may have been in that group of players. Uh, maybe. I mean, I mean Griffin's name was mentioned as, yeah. as, as possible here because he he, and that happens when you when you say some things like he did earlier about you know just not used to this scheme and 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 all that. But you know, I I think that I think it was sending a message. I really do. I don't. I mean, I hope that you know people. In the locker room, can you know accept it? But but I, I think it was. I think it was like, hey, we, it's time to to you know we got to do something here. We can't just sit there and, and and continue to do what we've done. And so I think I think Dave's right. I mean, this is this has nothing to do other than the fact that for for this season they were KP for this season. Yeah. I'm not saying that they haven't in their career, but they weren't they weren't good. They weren't playing, and you know. It's sad that Jerry had to come out and call out Dontari Poe that way, but I don't know why he did it because he's because he, he's not he doesn't want to get called out for other reasons when <laughs> clearly that wasn't the case and and we'll find out how much that's the case. Let's see who signs Poe. If anyone else signs him, I mean, well, you've already have you already heard that? I saw a tweet the, uh, yesterday where there was someone saying, you know, he hasn't been right since some injury that he had, mm-hmm. and uh, and so he's going to take a, a month. 
to be able to kind of get himself right. And then this might be a late season signing for someone. So what we will see is, is it a late season signing? And when he gets back in there, is he able to do something? Because I, I will say this, you look at his numbers from last year, his numbers weren't bad. Like he was a productive player statistically last season. Now, when you want to think about it overall, that run defense wasn't great. Uh And anytime the run defense isn't great, you're probably going to look at the nose tackle and the the defensive end in a 3-4 because they're probably a part of that. But that all being said, I I do think that, you know, maybe there is something to the fact that he he wasn't healthy. He that that may have contributed to him gaining weight and he didn't come in quite ready to play. And maybe he needs to get himself right. And maybe he can get back to playing as he played last year to some degree. Very, I mean, it's easy to demonize the guy that got cut. Uh, and we don't, you know, we haven't gotten to know these guys the way that we normally would, but he was always super professional and, yeah. and, and seemed like a very nice guy. Had some, on, you know, I think on one or two occasions he talked about why he was protesting and he was very eloquent about it. Like he clearly put a lot of thought into it. So, I mean, I don't have anything bad to say about the guy other than that he did not play very well right. for this defense. And then you could see that. Like, that was very, very plain. You could see he wasn't playing well. Maybe there are reasons for it. Maybe there aren't. But he just wasn't playing well. Well, it goes back to a lot of the conversations that I, I, I've started to see recently, whether the coaching staff did enough of a good job of evaluating some of these free agents before they signed them. But here's the final question, if we have time yeah, sure. for one more. Do you guys – see any coaching changes happening mid-season or at some point before the season ends if it keeps up like this yeah. see i mean yeah. see th- think about how bad like how bad it feels how it, it's it's not fun being here right now and that's not just because we're outside like the team oh, i thought you were talking about the cold i mean this isn't great but just the vibe in the building sucks when the team is struggling like this it always has it always will and they're only two and five we're not even at the halfway point and if this keeps up, see, and I'm not not Mike McCarthy, yeah, but yeah. the defensive coordinator, the DBs coach, I, like I hate to like I'm not trying to throw people under the bus, but if if it looks like this nine more times with no sign of him, I mean, are you kidding me? Yes. And by the way, don't forget they have what people are saying is the easiest schedule down the stretch in the NFL uh, as far as the team that they will have to play. If it looks like it looked last week really? against that's what I, that's what I've heard is they have the easiest schedule. So if it looks like it looked against the the Washington football team, which we know they aren't, you know, that that's not a great offense, but they look pretty good that day. If you got more of those kind of games against teams that are like that, then yeah, I think at some point something has to change. If they start if they start scrapping and like I, I bring up 2015 all the time, like go watch those games. It didn't look like this. Oh. They were those games were heartbreaking in their own right because you're like they're doing the best they can with what they got right. and it's just not good enough. That's not what this has been. And if it stays like that, then who knows what's going to happen. That is a wrap. We appreciate you guys joining us for the Funtown RV tailgate. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be doing the same thing. Hopefully it'll be a little bit warmer, a little less windy, and we'll still have some great opinions from these guys. Till tomorrow, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live at DallasCowboys.com radio. (laughs) Oh, my God. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!